You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. Welcome back, everybody, to the Oz Network as we come to you for another Lost episode recap of Recap of Lost. We have lost this episode to recap it, but we're recapping Lost. And we are up to the ninth episode of season four, The Shape of Things to Come. We are very much in the home stretch. We only have a couple of episodes until we're into a three-part, two-parter, or whatever you want to call it, but that's in a few weeks. This episode first aired on the 24th of April, 2008. We had like a month off from Lost at this point in time. Uh, it was written by Brian K. Vaughan and Drew Goddard. It was directed by the esteemed Jack Went on a Bender. And... I'm looking forward to talking about this one because it's an episode about Ben. And Ben is a great name that we should talk about more often because Ben is Ben. My name is Ben and calm down, Chicken Little. And my name is Noah and Ben is just my podcast co-host. He means nothing to me. So if you're going to go and kill him, hurry up. Can you not say things like that? Because we did kill Roger Moore on another podcast. That makes <laughs> me scared, basically. That I'm well, gonna... I, didn't, I didn't say which Ben. True. It could be Ben Sweet. Affleck. Ben Affleck. How would the world mourn Ben Affleck dying, do you reckon? <laughs> With a single tear. Fuck, he's dead now. He's so dying. Like, between now and when we release this podcast. Um, a very good episode of Lost to talk about this week, Noah. Because we're talking about shapes and coming. <laughs> oh, Lord. Um, <laughs> Why'd you buy me a Mercedes Benz? Move on. <laughs> uh, oh, we're only a minute in. <laughs> the clock has started ticking, people. Um, yeah, this one, this is Lost Us Action, this episode. Um, th- I remember watching this one clearly on TV. We're kind of getting up to that point, to the eight where. Now these episodes, I kind of have more vivid memories of watching, and this one blew me away when I first watched it. Still does. There are so many great things in this episode, and it's just non-stop. It goes and goes and goes, and uh, you would argue is one of Lost's biggest action sequences, which sounds a bit laughable because it's not that big, but Lost doesn't really do a lot of action, but I always like it when they do... um, but, yeah, there's some great stuff in here and definitely a, a unexpected Ben episode. Um, but from start to finish, like, you're not bored in this one, that's for sure. He's a bit James Bondy, Ben, in uh, the, the Flash Fords that are about to go over, isn't he? Like... Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, not even action at the barracks, like, action in the desert as well. Yeah, bloody hell. He's, uh, you know, Timothy Dalton joining the Taliban, stuff like that. So, um We'll start with the flash forward, uh, because why not? We're going back to our normal way of recapping this again. Um, Ben's in the middle of the desert wearing a bloody puffer jacket. (laughs) Why not? Now, this is where they've perfectly tied this in with the finale. Like, this works so well. Because that's when they do the wheel thing, isn't it? What the hell? Yeah. Yeah, so we might as well spoil it. Everything that happens in this flashback... In in Ben's context, is only happening a few days after what we're seeing on the island. So for us, we're thinking oh, 2005, and there's little hints like what year is what date? 2005, right? Um, so for we're just assuming oh he's woken up somewhere 2005, but really for Ben, it's been maybe two days. One day after this event at the barracks and everything with Alex, so that's kind of on rewatch. The context there, you can watch this in a whole different way. And I, yeah, I think it's great. Kind of just the way, I mean, get Michael Emerson. Let's just do it again. He's amazing. Um, sort of, you know, I love that bit when he's like 2005, right? Like just the way he kind of <laughs> does that straight away. Like, oh, so good. I love. I just love him here in the desert. Um, you know, these random guys just appear on horseback. <laughs> Where, why, why are these men just in the desert and just happen to stumble across Ben? Like, who are they and what are they doing? Like, the Sahara Desert's a fucking big desert. It's the biggest in the world. Um, and just, I don't know, but wherever they film this, really impressive. 
is do you think that this would be one of these ones that they didn't film in Hawaii? Because I'm not familiar with Hawaii unless it's on like sand dunes or something. No, they definitely filmed this in Hawaii. Got to be, yeah, maybe sand dunes. And another thing too that you appreciate with this is that, like, obviously they would put out a casting call. We need some actors of Middle Eastern descent. <laughs> Arabs on horseback. <laughs> well, I guess they would, you know, we need Middle Eastern descent men to ride horses. So, like, you know, they're just, like, two, you know, Arab actors sitting around Hollywood going, hey, mate, what's going on? Yeah, cool, there's a casting call for Lost. Oh, cool. Um, what are we doing? Playing a terrorist? Yes, of course. Um, like, I don't think they have ages, do they? I, I don't know. Um, oh, they do. Bedouins. Bedouins. Two armed Bedouins. Speaking uh, Arabic. Th- th- that's cute. They share a page. Aww. Uh, the, be- the Bedouins are two Arab men encountered by men. Trivia. Uh, the Bedouins and the larger Tunisia story may be influenced by the Turkish proverb, Bait Bevildu, called Kutap Aki Sikermis, which is raped by a polar bear in the desert. What? <laughs> According to the proverb, it does not matter where you go, misfortune can stop. Oh, sorry, you lost me and get raped by a polar bear. What? Well, these better ones, the better ones are getting raped by the polar bear. Oh. That wow, that's an image I never thought I would think of. <laughs> when we started this podcast, I was not not envisioning that I was picturing these two better ones getting raped by a polar bear in the desert. <laughs> It's not a sentence I thought I would ever say. No, well, I I feel it's one of those sentences which sounds hilarious to think of, but at the same time, it's not funny. Like, it's like, what? Um, Um, But you mentioned the the casting. It says they were described as two Arabic men, any age. What, seven? (laughs) Uh, Must must be able to speak Arabic. Stunts are required. Must be able to ride a horse. I do love how Lostpedia has managed to get a hold of casting calls for these, you know. What's Jack's casting call? Like, <laughs> must be obscure in five to ten years' time. Um, <laughs> never heard of again. I just can't believe the page for Bedouins on Lostpedia has a Turkish proverb that translates to, I don't even want to repeat it. Is, is that a thing if we went to Turkey, we could just repeat that to people on the street and they're like, oh, what? Like, excuse me? Like, really? I do I do love the Bedouin's Theories page, which is empty, but with a massive green ribbon that says, this article slash image is a historical reference page. This article slash image is obsolete. It is kept for historical reference purposes. There's nothing on it! Uh, <laughs> like, that should be on Boone's page. Um, but The legacy page. <laughs> I do, I, yeah, I love Ben in this sequence. So we've got the two Bedouins showing up on horseback with guns and, you know, Ben's just all like, you know, oh, um, you know, do you speak English? Uh, and then one of them gets down and basically Ben just goes complete James Bond and just grabs with his stick. sticks and stabs and shoots. And I love that guy who's like, no, please don't shoot me. And he's like, oh, so you do speak English. <laughs> yeah, that um, is, that's straight from the Daniel Craig playbook oh, that time. So good. Um, and then knocks him out with the rifle, uh, and then yeah. ties his arm up and gets a horse. Like, Jesus, like, this is what's so great about this is, like, I think you said it before, like, you just don't picture Ben like this, do you? No, but once again, Michael Emerson just... Oh, God, this man. Seriously. No, it's such a great opening scene, and this man, there's nothing... He could play Bond. This is his audition. I, so, I, so you do speak English. Like, that's a Bond line. <laughs> I would be, like, I mean, he's older than Daniel Craig, surely, but, like, I don't give a <laughs> shit. Like, this is, like, Roger Moore uh, in his 80s. Like, who cares? Uh, <laughs> um, interesting tip is on his uh, big puffer jacket says Halliwax, which is uh, one of Pierre Chang's uh, monikers or aliases, so... That's a kind of cool, cool connection. I did not know that, but now I do. So thank you for telling me that, and a listener, I appreciate that. Um, 
I, I just, yeah, like going back to what you're saying about kind of just this episode's better, like on a rewatch to know things, but like it's, it is kind of one of these things straight away where it's like, why is he in the middle of the desert in like a puffer jacket? <laughs> so. But this is where the season ties so well together because in episode two, dare I say the word polar bear, I'm a bit scared to ever say that word again, <laughs> uh, Charlotte finds the polar bear mm. collar in Tunisia. Episode nine, Ben wakes up with a puffer jacket in Tunisia. Episode 14, we see him with the donkey wheel leaving the island. So this is where, as much as I do love season one to three, season four to six, definitely less episodes, more time to plan. They definitely could put these kind of elements, and season five will shine with all the time travel stuff. But I just like how you can go back and think, ah, there was that in episode two, and this is how it ties together. Mm Mm-hmm. I agree. Um, so, we're in Tunisia. What famous movie franchise was filmed in Tunisia, Noah? Um, I know the answer, but I was trying to think of something funny. But <laughs> I just Story of our life on this show. Attack of the Clones. Trying to think of something funny. Um, Attack of the Clones. It is, well, this is legitimately the place where Anakin Skywalker doesn't like sand because it's coarse and rough and irritating. It's Tunisian sand is very much known for that. So... Um, it does look coarse. It, it really does. It looks very irritating, and it could get everywhere. That's why the um, they're so angry on the horseback. Yeah. <laughs> and there's horny polar bears <laughs> out in that desert. Get the stand out of me, or I'll rape you. <laughs> um, so we he goes to check into a hotel. I love how desk clerk has her own page. Of course she does. I like her. Desk clerk. Her name is Najis. Um, and nah, Except with such confidence. Well, just, I, I butcher names all the time. Um, casting called for an African, Tunisian, female, any age, seven, uh, French speaking, <laughs> cold to some guests, but gracious to the wealthy, must have a British or French accent. Um, was credited as Tunisian desk clerk. Um, thanks. C- connection converses with Ben. Uh, she doesn't have a theories page, so there's no historical references left for her. Uh, so anyway, uh, Ben checks in, says he's a preferred customer, um, says his name is Dean, what is it, Mor- Moratti? Moratti? Is it? <laughs> Moriarty? <laughs> Moriarty, it's a Sherlock Holmes reference. Oh, Moratti? <laughs> sorry. It's been a while since my knowledge of Sherlock Holmes was up to date. <laughs> Sherlock Holmes, it's been a while since I've hosted Sherlock Holmes Oz. <laughs> Elementary, my dear Noah. <laughs> I don't think I've ever read or seen a Sherlock Holmes book or movie in my life. Dean Moratti. Dean... Uh. <laughs> Luke Skiwalker. Um, <laughs> so, I, I, I do love how, like, you know, I mean, it says here on Lostpedia, the clerk looks for the name in the book and treats him with additional respect. <laughs> Additional risk, ooh. Um, <laughs> but this is the bit where... Uh, that, like mild flirt. Yeah, where Ben asks for the date. It's October 24th, and Ben is like, 2005, right? Um, the clerk confronts the year, looking a little surprised. Um, as Ben goes to leave to go to the room, he sees Saeed on the television. Ooh. And then we see Saeed on the TV just, just leave me alone. I want to bury my wife in peace. <laughs> Why, Saeed? Because you've been fucking a blonde woman on the island for ages, the love of your life, and he's your dead <laughs> wife. Uh, we haven't seen Nadia die yet, have we? I didn't miss that, right? No. Okay. <laughs> um, so we're in Iraq, and uh, Ben is in a press. Again, estimate. I've never been to Iraq, but damn impressive for Hawaii. No, this this is so fake. The way the sand. <laughs> I've been the... to Crete, and this building was not there. Have you ever met someone who's been to Crete? <laughs> Did I meet someone from Iraq once? I, I don't know. Did you? <laughs> well, maybe they weren't from Iraq. I've never met someone from Iraq in my life. At least that I know of. Anyway, I mean, I I've could. never met someone from Tunisia. I have. I stayed in an Airbnb in Montreal with somebody from Tunisia. I uh, remember having good conversations with him because I said to him, as soon as he said that, I'm like, oh, that's where they film Star Wars. And then he's like, oh, yes, that's tourism. That's like everyone only comes to Tunisia to go visit the Star Wars set. Oh, what about for the fake fake Tunisia from Lost? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no one knows about that. 
but yeah, Ben the reporter, because he's in a press car. Um, <laughs> I was thinking this guy in, imagine you going to Iraq with a camera, like, <laughs> I get there are reporters, but he looks so damn suspicious. Well, I mean, you got like the US soldiers standing there with their guns in their military outfit. Like, this is, you know, 2005. Iraq's not exactly the most uh, <laughs> stable country in the world in 2005. You know, it's only been, what, like two years after the the invasion by the US. So, yeah, yeah like, <laughs> I mean, I, I can't imagine, like, nowadays if you were in, uh, I mean, Hong Kong at the moment, it's probably very timely, I guess, like, walking around with this and. You know, Hong Kong's not quite as bad as Iraq, I'm not saying that, but, like, it's, it's in, uh, I don't know, maybe North Korea or Syria would be a better example of saying that, but, um, yeah, you're Don't right. mention the NK word. Oh, sorry. No, I was just being <laughs> raided by the KFBI. Um, if, if I suddenly go silent. <laughs> um... So there's a funeral going on, um, and uh, I was about to say Noah's on the roof with the camera. Noah's <laughs> on the roof with the camera. <laughs> the deep fake is back. Uh, I do love uh, investigative Saeed here. Um, he's just worried about the paparazzi taking photos of him, so he chases after Ben. Like, Leave me alone! How do you find me? Um, Saeed not good with being famous, clearly. Um, <laughs> he didn't even know. <laughs> um so he realizes it's Ben and um I love how so he's just like, How did you get to Iraq? And it's like, oh, I slipped in the via the Syrian border and so it's like, No, how did you get off the island? You're really choppy, my friend. <laughs> um, I don't know anything. Are you telling a story right now? Uh No, right? Maybe. Are you doing a Rossi Are you quiet on me? Anyway, um, <laughs> I don't know what's happening right now. I'm just going to continue. Um, so Ben lies and says that he used Desmond's sailboat. Uh, and then once he landed in Fiji, he got a plane. Uh, he also then tells Saeed that there was a man at the funeral uh, who he identified from a traffic camera. Uh, who was seen a couple of blocks from the corner of La Brea in Santa Monica five days earlier. And, of course, we don't know this yet, but um, clearly Nadia was killed by a man that's at this funeral. So um, why why do we not see Nadia dying first? Like, this seems to be a bit of a weird plot thing. Like, oh, my God, how did Nadia die? Like, is that a question we're going to ask at the end of this episode? Well, this is lost. The time, the timelines are all over the shop. Um, I love that he's talking about. I want to marry the love, uh, bury the mar- <laughs> bury, bury the love of my life. It's like say, literally a few months ago, you were with Shannon, and yeah. in a few months you'll be with Elsa. We can't take you seriously. Yeah, like he is the Mary Jane Watson of Lost. Basically, just he's always with the different Spider Man every five weeks. Apparently. Um, so Saeed now wants to kill this man because, again, Saeed just believes everything. It's like, Ben's just, <laughs> Ben's just like, yeah, there was a guy at the funeral and, um, yeah, he was on camera near where your wife and I will avenge my, his death and kill him and murder him. Like, Jesus Christ, Saeed. Um, I do like that this is kind of a prequel to The Economist in a way. A, a Bible episode, according to Ben Waterworth. Um, this guy, I should say, is called Ishmael Bakia, and Ben is watching him in a cafe, um, Ishmael leaves, and Ben's not a very good tail, because Ishmael basically discovers him straight away, uh, I'm guessing that's the point of why he was doing that anyway, um, and then he straight away, he's like, I need you to carry a message to Widmore, uh, Ishmael's like, what's the message, and then bang, 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 um, <laughs> so he guns him down. Uh, and then I love the way I say he's like, who's next? Um, so this yeah, is, that's a bit Bondian as well. So this is... Uh, Naveen Andrews would be a good James Bond. <laughs> he is British. Yeah, well, exactly. You know? Um, and Ben um, basically says, oh, you don't need to get involved. And Saeed says, yes, I do. Um, <laughs> ben says, cool. Saeed says, sweet. 
Enjoy your day. Ben says, I will. Have a nice sleep. So it's just cool. And Ben walks away and has a bit of a smile on his face because he's got exactly what he wants because Ben's awesome and he does this well. Um, we then see Ben in London. Um, and I, lo- I love this random doorman. <laughs> I just... Oh, yeah, he's great. Ben walks in the building. Hello, sir, can I help you? And Ben's just basically like, oh, I'm here to see Mr. and Mrs. Kendrick. And that's what is that his stick that he's got or a gun? Um, it's his stick. His stick. That's become his trademark. And they're like, yeah, I love the guy. Yeah. Basically, Ben's just like, oh, you know, I can, you know, you can call him if you want. And this guy's just like, oh, no, jolly old, go on up, you like. <laughs> oh, no theories for London Dormer. Does he have any, like, he has got an article. There he is. Um,. Who plays this guy? Who is this guy? Michael Sadler. That's such a British name. Um, oh, a telescopic baton is the name of that device that Ben has. <laughs> <laughs> um, That's going to be his new signature, telescopic baton. And, of course, there is a page for the telescopic baton. <laughs> um, the theories for the telescopic baton. <laughs> <laughs> there are, it's not funny, but there are theories with a telescopic pattern. Um, following the theme of black and white, Widmore has another similar weapon, only it is white. Um, a small black tube, similar to the baton, is next to Jack at the start of LAX Part 1. And a cylind- cylindrical object... Is next to Jack when he's lying on the ground in the opening scene of the pilot. Worst theories ever. Um, <laughs> Ben's baton appears to be a 16-inch model. We all know Ben. <laughs> Whoa, what? <laughs> ben definitely has a 16-inch one. Um, <laughs> cla- 16-inch cylindrical baton. Yeah, that's it's a standard Ben issue, the sixteen inch. Um I love how on the, the page for this is actually a image of the extended pattern. <laughs> if you need to know what it looks like. Um so, it's yeah, a lot of detail. The it really does. Like Jesus, more than Boone's page. So Ben gets past London Doorman. Um I like I like London Doorman too. Um, we get into a bedroom, and whose bedroom is it? Charles Widmore! And I love the way Ben's kind of like, you know, when did you start sleeping with a bottle of scotch by the bed? And then Widmore's just like, when the nightmare started. Like, have you ever had the need to wake up in the middle of the night and just get a bottle of alcohol and just... (laughs) Like, like, it always amazes me, like, these people who can do that. Like, just wake up, oh, poor, poor, drink, drink. Um, (laughs) I, I, I like I like my booze, but I'm not cracking a beer at 3 a.m. <laughs> because I had a little scary dream. Yeah, no, me neither. Um, and then you know, Wimore's like, "Are you here to kill me?" And I love just that 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 reply of, "We both know I can't do that." Like, oh, that's just like, what does he mean? Like, that's really cool. <laughs> uh, and then I also love the way he's just kind of like, you know. Uh, you changed the rules, killing his daughter, and like obviously we haven't talked about that in this episode, but I love that line that we'll get to when Ben just like he changed the rules. Um, mm. So they have a bit of an argument about who's responsible for Alex's death, and then Ben basically just oh, says, "Can I just say, sorry to butt in, but there's some awful dialogue. I can't remember the exact uh, thing, but I think I think it's something like Widmore says, it is your fault.'" And then Ben says, no, it is your fault. And then Whitmore says, no, it wasn't. <laughs> There's some great lines in this episode. I can't remember verbatim, but there, it's just an exchange between them going, no, it's you. No, it's you, which I'm, is just not good. I'm going to find this now because there's always a transcript. Um, no. So have you come here to kill me, Benjamin? Whitmore sips the whiskey. We both know that I can't do that. Then why are you here? I'm here, Charles, because you murdered my daughter. Don't stand there looking at me with those horrible eyes of yours and lay the blame for the death of that poor girl on me when we both ver- know very well I didn't murder at all. Benjamin, you did. No, that's not true. It's impossible. <laughs> Search your feelings. 
<laughs> Widmore. Yes, Benjamin, it is. You creep into yeah, my bedroom line. in the dead That's of night. true. Like yes, a rat. You have the audacity to pretend that you're the victim. Widmore leans forward. I know who you are, boy. What you are. <laughs> I know that everything you have to look for, look, you, everything you have you took from me. So once again, I ask you, why are you here? Um, it is a great scene, especially the way it's all shot and Widmore's in bed. Like, that's just a... Everything, the way it's framed and the lighting is just great. I agree. Um, and, yeah, this is... So ben says he's going to kill um, Penny, basically. Um, uh, so Which, at this point, we don't know is going to not happen. Yeah, true. Uh, and basically so that he he feels the same pain. Um, and Widmore says, I know what you took. Uh, you took everything from me. And that basically Widmore says that you'll never find Penny. And that he wants his island back. And then Ben says that he will never find the island. And then, the, what does he say? Like, to close it off, like, the hunt is on for both of them or something like mm-hmm. that. So, I mean, this, this is, is where... You know, the title is The Shape of Things to Come. So this really is setting up, like, what the next kind of chapter after season four is really going to be, in a way. And I'd say this is a potential top five? Well, maybe. Season four's lacking a bit, so it might sneak in. But um, this scene is also important because we're skipping all over the place, like Lost, but this is the first scene that we actually kind of get that when Ben said she means nothing to me, he was lying up until this point. We're thinking, oh, maybe he doesn't care. Um, but then this scene kind of confirms, oh, no, he's really been affected by this. And later we'll learn it's only been a few days or at this point maybe a few weeks since it happened. So it's fresh for Ben. It is. Um, but it's, it's, I mean, we've have gone all over the place in this episode but we always start with the flashbacks so um but i, yeah, I agree with you I, I really like the lighting in this episode and everything too and a nice house that widmore has i mean you'd expect him to have a nice house of course you would so you know that's what that it doorman is. yeah that doorman what a man what a mighty man a uh, billy garcia-esque that doorman <laughs> um so I guess we can probably just go to the beach now. I mean, there's not much really happening. <laughs> oh, sounds nice. <laughs> beach day, yay! <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> okay, so we just, I'm just going to read this verbatim off Lostpedia. Jack and Kate smile and wave at each other as Kate digs her bare feet in the sand and lowers the straps on her camisole. Uh, <laughs> what is this, Fifty Shades of Grey? <laughs> he slowly removes it. <laughs> He gets his 16-inch cylindrical <laughs> pole. And whips out his laptop going to men.com. <laughs> discovering that oh, don't tell dad. Um, so Jack goes in and starts getting some drugs because he's a bit of a druggy old Jack. And I, Okay, I, I like Kate. I feel like I defend Kate more than you do. But that line... Do you have a prescription for that? Like, oh, <laughs> shut up. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's not even mild flirting. That's just embarrassing. That's just Mills and Boone cliche. No, I don't. Do you want to give me one? Um, <laughs> like, come here. I'll take your temperature. Um, Kate comes in and tells him he looks awful. Um, I imagine just read This is such a short little paragraph. <laughs> I'm just going to read this, and this looks like everything that's happening. He takes what he says are antibiotics and says he has a stomach bug. They flirt until they hear Vincent bark. Mild flirt? What is flirt until they hear Vincent bark? <laughs> <laughs> woof, woof. Oh, better stop. <laughs> and then Bernard's call for help because there's another dead body that Boone hasn't rescued. Um, they <laughs> Boone's a lifeguard and couldn't rescue somebody in the world. It never gets old. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) What was he doing in his life? Oh, God, stop it. Um, Bernard's calling for help. They run to investigate and find a dead body in the surf. They pull it from the water and Daniel reveals that the body is Ray, the freighter's doctor. His throat is slit. Jack asks when Daniel last saw Ray. Daniel replies, when is kind of a relative term. Um, 
who in real I, life speaks with such cryptic answers? Uh, <laughs> like, <laughs> can you imagine if this is how, like, you're like Ben, what did you do today? Today is a relative. Well, that's term. relative. <laughs> Ad break. Um, well, well, Daniel does wear a fedora in the flash sideways, and I feel like people who wear fedoras probably do talk like that. Think Gary Sweet's ever worn a fedora? <laughs> if he hasn't, he needs to. He's bald. Uh, I do. I do like this. Uh, the kind of Ray thing, though, because at this point we we've not seen the Doctor get killed, so we don't assume that anything too fishy is going on. But then it's next episode we'll see. Oh, the Doctor's still alive, or or we get that with the the Morse code. Um, but it's it's a nice. Season four does a really good job of doing mini mysteries that kind of wrap up in a few episodes. Like they're not long standing. Oh my God, they never answered the thing with Ray. But there's just this kind of subplot going on with the freighter and people going crazy that, uh, that I think it's not important to the overall thing, but it just kind of fleshes things out a bit, which I really like. We know that Grant Bowles just bashed the doctor to death, right? (laughs) (laughs) I told you it's not a lump. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, so Daniel follows Kate and Jack oh, Sorry, hang on, let's start that again Daniel follows Kate And Jack pulls Bernard aside To talk to him about something Ooh. <laughs> Yeah, this is not the strongest section of the episode Later, Daniel partially repairs a satellite phone Using wiring from the plane Enough to communicate with the freighter in Morse code He transmits <laughs> What happened to the Doctor? And listens to the freighter's reply. Daniel says that the response from the freighter was that Desmond Saeed fine, and that the helicopter returned in the morning. Bernard steps forward to say that the reply was, What are you talking about? The Doctor is fine. Under pressure from an angry Jack, Daniel reveals the freighter never plans to rescue anyone from the island. After all, Jack doubles up in pain and stumbles away. <laughs> um, now, is there a purpose that Jack has? Doesn't he like appendix blow up or something like that? Is that what it is? Yeah, or? so... All of this is just set up for next week, which I guess they do a good job of setting it up, but we'll get to next week. It's not a, a favourite plotline of mine, I can tell you that. Um, is, this, is this one of those ones where, like, Matthew Fox heard himself so they had to write it into the script or something like that? I think it was one where they had to have a Jack episode when they really didn't need one. Um, right. He wasn't pregnant, uh, so they couldn't shoot him from the, like, chest down. Like, with, <laughs> you have female actors, that happens all the time. I really like the kind of character point that Bernard knows Morse code. Like, yeah. It's just a nice little character. Of course he does. Like, we don't need a flashback about it, like the tattoos or anything. It doesn't need to be explained. It's just a nice little character point that Bernard knows Morse code. It's, I, I like when they bring in the kind of stuff like this. Did you ever learn Morse code? No. It's a forgotten I'm not that old. Code. I'm gonna I'm gonna start doing podcasting. Beep 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 beep. I don't get how it works because I I don't know how they can tell what they're saying based on all those beats. But I think it's very clever. Like Morse code and like things like Braille. Like you know, like it's just beeps and dots and lumps. Like and that people can read that. Like that's that's crazy to me. That's great. Like people who invent these things are very smart people. And then you've got people yeah. listening to the Oz Network. And... <laughs> or people that host the Oz Speak for yourself. Um, <laughs> I wasn't speaking for myself, actually. <laughs> anything to add on this? I think you've summed up a lot. Like, I read it. It's like, that's, you know. Uh, so, yeah. anyway, well, we're at the barracks, and uh, Alex is being captured. Um, and uh, they drag her to the, the fence, the um, the the sonic fancy thing and uh, ask her to deactivate it um, and what did she say like oh don't hurt the survivors there's a baby with them and Kimi's just like ah oh, just Claire <laughs> um, that's the first target she enters uh, 1623 meanwhile um, I love the kind of the red herring that they do here when like you know they cut to it. it's like it's okay we're gonna have to kill him or something like that and it's oh. We're all going to die. Sawyer, Locke, and Hurley are playing Risk, and they talk about having to get Australia because everyone knows Australia. Have you ever played Risk? I've never Mm. played Risk. I've never played it. Maybe one day we'll do an episode where we play Risk. I'm capturing Australia. Um, Locke, uh, the phone rings. I I like that kind of on-the-nose joke. Australia is the key to everything. It's all right. (laughs) Um, All right. Good job, everyone. 
Uh, the phone rings. Locke answers it, and we hear Hello? What, is it, what is it like? Code fourteen J or something like that, isn't it? I just love the phone ring. Like, Hello, <laughs> this is this is Mister Locke speaking. Isn't that um that one where uh, Hurley's got the satellite phone and he's just like, Mom. <laughs> um, meanwhile, because we cut to Ben's house, because who's evil? You got to be playing the piano if you're evil, right? Like that's just a <laughs> thing. Um, but he, he's good at playing piano. Is that really Michael Emerson playing? That's a dumb question. Of course it is. Michael Emerson can do everything. <laughs> um, Lock and Sawyer come in and tell him about the phone call, uh, and I, I just love Ben's reaction. Just like, what does 14J mean? Where did you hear that? It's like rips over the piano bench and there's a gun in it. Shotgun. Good, good job there's no children hanging around there, Ben. Like, you know, keep your gun in a locked safe. Um, and so then basically he warns we're going to take up position. We don't have time. And um, what does Ben say? They're here. Um, so. Uh, Starting to get very tense, these kind of calm before the storm type thing. Oh, it's great. I love it. Like, I just love the way it's kind of, you know, just like. So action pack. We don't know what's going on. Um, ben basically says to Sawyer to go, don't go, and oh, but I've got to rescue Claire. Uh, <laughs> yay! <laughs> really? <laughs> I just want Ben to turn around and go. Really? <laughs> um, but then Ben basically says to Lock, like you can't go anywhere. Uh, you, you've got to stay uh, so that you, we can help um, get to Jacob. Uh, <laughs> I love this is like, how many survivors survived a plane crash? Like 42 or something, wasn't it? Or something like that. He's a perfect excuse just to kill like five random survivors <laughs> who we don't even Aww. know who they are. So we have Doug, uh, <laughs> Jerome. I feel like we're uh, Doug, Doug in the past. Jerome and a woman. Um, <laughs> oh. Who did you blame lost? A woman. Uh, <laughs> aka blonde casualty according to lostpedia uh played by the they've come so far but... Pamela is it didn't you say that like the majority of these extras actually were the same people the whole time yeah which is a cool thing so this is blonde casualty who has trivia when Hurley won the lottery the blonde casualty was among the reporters who interviewed him uh, the appearance may simply be a reuse among extras, not intended for the writers to be the same character. Um, Pamela Larson also played a guest at Jack's wedding. <laughs> Jesus. And she also... Oh, no, hang on. No. She calls her character the Scarf Lady and the Bandana Lady. Um, so that's Blonde Casualty. Uh, Doug. <laughs> Poor Doug. <laughs> um, Are we going to eulogize these people? I'm just... Reading some of the, he doesn't have any theories. Um, he worked as a the actor who played him, Sean Douglas Hoban, worked as a stunt double for Dominic Monaghan in the role <laughs> of Charlie because of the really? multiple similarities between himself and Charlie. Um, uncanny. uncanny. <laughs> uh, Doug takes his name from the middle name of Sean Douglas Hoban, who betrays him. Okay. <laughs> Doug seemed to have some sort of relationship with the red-haired survivors. They were seen many times together throughout Aww. the island. Aww. We never got that episode. <laughs> uh, and, and Jerome? Um, what do we know about Jerome? Um, <laughs> he's a member of Locke's group. Uh, yep. Well, here's theories. What, is, what are Jerome's theories? He could be Lance. As he... <laughs> As he fits Hurley's description in Raised by Another. He may have been skinny at the time, but gained weight later. Oh, oh Jerome. Fat shaming Jerome. <laughs> I'm surprised there's not a heading. Fat. Oh. <laughs> he could be gay. <laughs> and he's going public about it. <laughs> Just, like, this is so freaking nerdy. Like. There's a, an in-depth page for Jerome from Lost. <laughs> oh, and we're talking about it. Um, but, yeah, they really just wipe out a bunch of these poor old survivors who've lasted 100 days. And then we lose a bunch, don't we, like, through all the um, the 
the, the the time travel, don't we? Like that's just kind of a way how they just randomly kill these people, right? Yeah. Wow. Rest okay. in peace, Jerome, Doug, and a woman. <laughs> Who's your favorite character in Lost? A woman. Um, <laughs> and the red-haired girl. <laughs> the red-haired girl. Uh, so Sawyer, meanwhile, is just Mr. Dodgy, like dodgeball champion of uh, the Lost. Bond. Dodges everything and then runs to Claire's house and then Claire's house just blows up. <laughs> Yay! I shouldn't laugh, but like, how does Claire survive this? Oh, that is fun. Like, she even even when she survives an explosion, she's annoying. She's laying on the ground and and bit and bit. She's dead. She is dead. The house blows up. Oh, that's such a she's boom so move. bad. <laughs> Luckily, she's about to be written out the sh- of the show for a whole season. But, like, okay, does she actually have a... Is the only purpose to keep her alive, to keep the whole, like, oh, guess what, you're really Jack's sister, and, oh, Aaron comes back to the island. Like, is there a reason to have a bee mental squirrel lady? Was there a reason to have her in the show in the first place? <laughs> is there a reason for Emily to Raven to exist? Um, it is so funny that her house gets blown up. <laughs> She's just laying underneath some wood. <laughs> ah, ah, my baby. <laughs> this week in the Emily DeRavin School of Acting, how to survive being blown up in a house. Okay, so you got to lay there really still, now put some wood on top of you, and then you got to go, uh, 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 and then a really handsome man with a southern accent will rescue you. Oh, and then, you know what's even worse? It's like, okay, we have the terrible delivery of, you got a prescription for that? I think it's even worse when, like, um, Claire, like, gets rescued by Sawyer, and she goes, Charlie? (laughs) (laughs) Shut up! (laughs) Oh, oh, God. Oh, Claire is the worst. (laughs) She's ruined an otherwise amazing episode. She literally says one line and we're complaining. Like, it's not even (laughs) The poor woman's an innocent bystander house getting blown up. And I'm like, oh, shut up. Army house. <laughs> Stupid Claire. <laughs> I'm the only Australian to have my house blown up. <laughs> oh, God. Um, so. <laughs> Charlie. Um. <laughs> Uh, Michael Emerson has more acting ability in not being on screen than Emily Durant has in the entire show. <laughs> um, so Sawyer's like yelling at the door, open the door. I've got Claire! Full on, full on James Bond. I, lo- I would just wish Ben or Hurley had just been like, get rid of Claire and we'll let you in. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so he's banging at the door and Ben's like, don't open that door. So Hurley just smashes a window. So that, um, I like that. It's, it's so dramatic, everything. But I, I love the next bit when all of a sudden the doorbell rings and they just, like, look at each other. Um, you oh. know, Miles just doesn't see the window smash next to it. Um, Miles comes inside and he's got a walkie-talkie uh, and says that uh, they want to talk to him. Ben doesn't want to, but then Miles says that Ben has their daughter... Uh, that, sorry, the, uh, the mercenaries have uh, Alex. And uh, I just... The thing I love about Kimi, again, kind of going on last week about, like, this guy has no redeeming features, but just, I love a scene like this where it's just, it's so calm, and it's just kind of just the way, like, mm. Kimi's just like, yep, we can talk face-to-face, yep, hello, oh, you come out, won't, you know, harm anyone else, it's just, just the manner in which the way they just kind of have this exchange, and then I love kind of, like, how he sort of introduced himself, like, you know, I'm Kimi, I'm this, and then, of course, in typical Ben fashion, he just basically is, like, five seconds later, like, I know who you are, your name is this, your name is this, your name is this, you do this, you do this, you do this, you are a moist, blah, blah, blah. Um, so then we see that Kimi has the gun to Alex's head. This is this is a top five moment. Just I remember watching this oh, yeah. for the first time, just thinking, like, oh, no, she's not going to die. Um, you know, I'll count to ten. Um and that uh, otherwise I'll kill her for, unless you come out. I love how Ben just like I've got a counter offer. You all return and leave and forget about the island. <laughs> like, <laughs> yep. Um, and then okay. just this, 
this whole moment, just the way like Ben basically is just like, you know, Alex means nothing to me. Uh, she's not even my daughter. I took her from an insane woman. Uh, and then just like, you're like, holy crap, that's like such a harsh, Cal- like, harsh to say, thing to say. And just even the look on Alex's face, so it's like great acting by whatever her name is. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we love her. She's a great actress. Um, and then you just hear the bang. Oh. And then, and oh. Not just hear, but see. And and just the look on Ben's face. Like, again, Michael Everson, this scene alone, him acting, all he's doing is staring, and he's got shock in his face. Like, give him an Emmy for facial acting, and give Emily DeRaven all the Razzies. <laughs> um, <laughs> all of them. Well, welcome to the 2019 Razzies. This year's winner, Emily DeRaven. Emily DeRaven. In all the categories. <laughs> I just... This scene is number one, I'm going to say, for season four. And it has potential to be in the top overall top ten. Um, it's just perfect. The way we see Kimi, as you're saying, so quietly. And every shot of Kimi is, like, from Ben's eyeline. We don't see, like, close-ups. It's all this kind of ominous him standing there with Alex down on the ground begging... And it's just so heartbreaking that the last thing this poor girl, 16-year-old girl, ever hears is her, air quote, dad telling her that she she means nothing to him. And obviously that was Ben's ploy of, you don't need to kill her. Like, that was his move. And this is one of the few Ben moves that really doesn't work out. Uh, and the count... Just the way the music plays, in hindsight, oh, yeah, they're leading up to the gunshot. But the first time you're watching it, you think there's no way. Like, the way the music is going, there's going to be some sort of, like, the monster's going to pop up or Ben's going to get the shotgun and shoot Kimi. You think something's going to come in and save the day, and it doesn't. She just gets shot. Like, ten, nine, eight, just bang. Like... Carl Rousseau, that was such a disappointing end, but in a way, the payoff is just so worth it for one of easily the best death scenes in Lost and such a great moment for Ben's character, which will be followed up in his season five episode. Uh, Dead is Dead, I think it's called. But just, it's perfect from from Kimi or from Ben's side, the music, the, the camera angles, and just how heartbreaking in the story and at this point, we don't even... We see the look of shock, but we still don't know if Ben's being serious at this point. Like, does she mean nothing to him? And later we find out, well, actually, that was a lie. It was a ploy, but... Like, oh, what a crippling way for her to die. Being held at gunpoint, being murdered, and the last word you hear is, she means nothing to me. I stole her. Uh, yeah, I'm going to say number one for this season, and... I can't think of anything that would top it. And this episode is great, but this scene elevates the episode. It's it's lost at its absolute heartbreaking and absolute best. You are a 24 fan, and um, I think for anybody who doesn't want 24 spoilers, <laughs> probably should have watched the show by now. It's been like 17 years since it started. But, um, you know, I think kind of what a lot of, particularly in the early days of 24, what it did so well were these moments where, you know, like you just, they're not going to do that. Like they're not going to kill them. Like you think about Chappelle, like, you know, when sort of Jack Bauer's being forced to kill him and like, you think like, oh, there's no way they're going to kill him off. Like, you know, they're going to find a way. And then you just got that closing moments where, bang, he kills Chappelle. Or like when George Mason flies a plane in and blows himself up with a nuke. And even the very first, season like you know terry's death in the finale like i mean just things like that you just don't think are going to happen because i guess you know 2008 we'd sort of had moved really into this phase now in a post 24 world where you know no one's safe they're going to kill these people off at any given point so but even having said that like kind of as you said like this is just a 16 year old girl like it is just very confronting and full-on and just yeah, it's so great. And I just, I also love the way this kind of is followed up by the way Ben's just basically like, you know, as I said earlier, like, you, he, you know, he changed the rules. Like, it's just, yeah. It's just like, it's so, oh, it's amazing. It's, it's moments like this where you just realize how amazing this, this show actually is. 
Um, and then, like, Ben straight away just, like, you know, does a runner, goes into some secret room. <laughs> okay. Uh, but then I... Like, the it, it just doesn't feel gimmicky either. That's the other thing is... It doesn't feel like, oh, they did that just to shock us. Mm. It fits with the story and everything about it plays out logically and it doesn't feel like, oh, they're just killing Alex off for a gimmick. Carl, Carl and... and Russo and Jerome, it does feel a bit like, oh, they're just getting rid of them. But Alex is, serves a purpose, and it's going to be a driving force for his character for the next three seasons, really. Do we need to... I mean, I guess we probably should... Eul- I mean, we eulogised um, fucking our woman. Um, <laughs> <laughs> anything on, on Alex? I mean, you kind of mentioned that you weren't the biggest fan of hers. But, I mean, look... I, like, I can see that. Like, I mean, she's just kind of there. But, like, I don't know. I think kind of on this rewatch, I've appreciated her a little bit more. Um, you know, in the grand scheme of things, she's not the most important thing in the world. But, um, you know, I mean, it's kind of... Is she the only thing that softens Ben, really? Yeah, pretty much. Um, yeah, I mean, I like Sawyer called a Sally Slingshot. Um <laughs> 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 She's annoying, but at the same time, she's a semi-important character to Ben's story, but she also... I like the way she links in with uh, Russo, and in episode 9 of season 1, we hear Russo talk about Alex, Alex, and at that point we think it, what, it's her husband or a son. And then we see this girl in season 2, and then we finally learn, oh, she is Rousseau's daughter. She's 16, but Ben has adopted her and she's never met her mother. And the, the fact that we hear this transmission in episode two of Lost and it somewhat links to Alex makes her a, a semi-important character. And uh, She was never going to be a main character, but overall she is a, a deep part of the lore, I guess you could say. And she ties nicely into a few characters. Um, and yeah, she just softened Ben and become... I guess her best purpose is probably the legacy she leaves after she died. But then, as much as it's heartbreaking to see that, how how great would it have been if Russo also saw that and we get to see Russo go apeshit and, like, kill a few <laughs> mercenaries? Like, that would have been awesome as well. She's a black smoke. She just comes out and... <laughs> yeah, so yeah, I, I don't like Alex, but I appreciate what her character brings to the show and kind of... She's a part of the mythology, I guess. She uh, Tanya Raymond is the name of the actor. Uh, hello, Tanya. I'm sure you're listening. Um, and she's actually only one year younger than me, so I'm allowed to say she's attractive. Um, <laughs> she is currently starring in the TV show Goliath. Good for her. Um, and she has appeared in music videos of Maroon 5 before. So, Cool. I'm <laughs> just looking at there. Any trivia, exciting things about her? Um, out of all the characters, oh, she met like everyone, basically. I don't know why they just got a massive list here with that. Um, Sawyer gave Alex the name Sheena, a reference to Sheena, Queen of the Jungle. Um, last words, please, Daddy, just please, please. Oh. Mm. Uh, at Comic Con 2009, it was confirmed that her full name is Alexandra Rousseau. Yep, I think <laughs> you we, got to be kidding me. I think we knew that already. Didn't take a Comic Con to answer that, did it? <laughs> um, unanswered questions: How did her death change the rules? Um, what? Didn't we kind of answer that? Doesn't we? Um, theories? Anything? Um. There's definitely an issue with the timeline here. Born in 1988, Purge was 1992. Unless Alex was staying with the others when Ben was still with Dharma being patient. What? <laughs> um, the elusive Radzinski helped care for baby Alex of the others, kidnapped her in the safety of the swan. Oh, God, this, these are dumb ones. Anyway, um, rip Alex. We see her get kidnapped in Ben's next flashback. Um, so, Ben goes into his, uh, into his secret room and comes back. Uh, I do, I do love how all of a sudden, Claire, what's going on? (laughs) Shut up! Charlie! Charlie! 
Uh, what does she say? Like, like Sawyer's like, you okay? And she's like, oh, I'm a bit wobbly, but I'll live. Um, and then <laughs> Miles saves the day. He might just basically like, I wouldn't be too sure about that. <laughs> Shoots uh, but, but Ben basically coming out and saying like, you know, everyone has to leave in one minute. Like, we've just literally got like armed guards and like body armor outside. It's and you stressful gotta, like, episode. Run outside? Hell no. Uh, um. <laughs> But then, like, this is what's so good about this is all of a sudden just, like, he's gone down and basically called the monster. And here comes the black smoke monster just ripping shit, you know. This is pretty happy. Taking names, like, just doing its yeah. thing. Um, and this doesn't Locke say something like, you lied to me, you said you couldn't control it. Um, but I, I do love just, like, the, the scenes where people are watching these uh, mercenaries just getting ripped to shreds by the monsters. Yeah. It's great. Um, Team is survived. And then I also, and the, the the bit I also love too is um, Ben. Like everyone goes into the jungle, and Ben just basically like, I've got to go say goodbye to my daughter. Um, oh, oh. Ben. Um, <laughs> so it's Ben at his most vulnerable yet. Oh, so good. Like, guys, like, you know, you compare it to Kimi, where else is like, there's nothing redeemable about this guy, but like, it's how well written Ben is as a character, and it's just how great Michael Emerson brings to this role. It's like, you can't help but just feel. This guy really has done nothing but be an absolute cock. Um, and yet, you still hear it. Like, yeah, he oh, still cares. Like, Jesus Christ. Like, you just want to hug him and, you know, watch TV with him and stroke his hair. Um. <laughs> I mean, come on. If Michael Emerson came up to you and said, no, I stroke my hair, you're not going to say no. Like In a heartbeat. In a heartbeat, you would do it. Come on. It's on everyone's bucket list. Um, so, uh, Sawyer, meanwhile, goes back to the beach. <laughs> and um, Claire and Aaron go with him, but not Hurley. Um, <laughs> Locke pulls a gun on Sawyer. Basically, like, no, Hurley stays here. I do I do like um, Hurley's kind of reaction there. Just like, you know, leave me out of it. Like, no, no, I'll go with you. I'll go with you. I'll do it. I'll do it. Um, And, yeah, that's kind of it. Like, I feel like we're ending on a bit of a flat spot. We already ended on the cliffhanger. But um, I I do like that they all went off with Locke, but now they're all like, no. I'm going back to the beach. (laughs) (laughs) Just been attacked by it mercenaries who were in Uganda and then the smoke monsters ripping shit. Claire's house is blown up. <laughs> Ben's daughter was shot. I feel like it's like um, Chris Tucker in um, The Fifth Element. It's like, screw you guys, I'm leaving. Shit blowing up. <laughs> Going home. Yeah. It's, um, God, it's, it's stressful though. Like It's just bang, 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 bang. Go, 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 go. <laughs> Claire got blown up. <laughs> <laughs> So close, but so far. Oh, God. Uh, so, um, any trivia for this episode? The Dharma logo seen on the breast of the park worn by Ben is that of the orchid. Um, you've already mentioned about Halliwax. Um, ben speaks Arabic and Turkish. He asks the Bedouin if they speak these languages. Um... Although Ben asked a Bedouin whether they speak Turkish, it is not a language spoken by Bedouin, nor is it related to the Arabic language. <gasps> okay. Uh, the television reporter that mentions Saeed while Ben is in Tunisia states one of the sons of Iraq, and despite the terrible causes of his return, Saeed Jarrah was one of the members of the Oceanic Six, returned to Baghdad after his wife passed away. Saeed Jarrah and his wife are from the Tikrit area. Cool. Um, so the flash forward takes place in October 2005, one year and one month after the crash. Of Oceanic Flight 815. Um, Kimi's full name is revealed to be Martin Christopher Kimi. Yes, we know that. We were there when they said it. Um, This is the first episode to have a flash forward from the perspective of someone who was not on the plane and the first of two from the perspective of a non-Oceanic 6 member, the second being Sawyer in La Fleur. And... The baby Kate crying sound is coming to Aaron. What? <laughs> the baby Kate crying sound is coming to Aaron. What does that even mean? <laughs> sorry. The, the baby Kate crying sound 
is coming to Aaron. It's not just you. I don't know what this is. And Baby uh-huh. Kate and Crying are all capitalised. <laughs> capitalised. Like a, a band or like a... <laughs> <laughs> that is the most confusing thing Lost has produced up until this point. That's a question in our, um, you know. The baby Kate crying sound is coming to Aaron. <laughs> I wish we named our episodes like we do in 007, because that's what it would be called right then and there. Um, I'm just going to copy and paste that into our uh, recap, uh, our um, <laughs> synopsis of the episode. <laughs> people can understand it. <laughs> Yeah, you'll get the joke if you listen to, if you read the thing. Um, Sun and Jin appear in this episode without speaking lines. Well, Daniel Yeo Kim and Yoon Jin Kim, I should say. And this is the first time Loss has returned from a hiatus without a recap episode. Um, Aaron's cry. Oh, God, here we go. Aaron's cry after John. Oh, John. Locke, you mean? Like, what have we called him? John. (laughs) <laughs> reassures Sawyer that he will not hurt Hurley is the same audio clip used in Jim Jim Cramer's Mad Money soundboard. What? Aaron's cry after John reassures Sawyer that he will not hurt Hurley is the same audio clip used in Jim Cramer's Mad Money soundboard. Okay. I think whoever wrote this uh, this week was smoking a little too much black smoke. This episode was originally rumoured to be called Bakia. Ooh. Can I just write that on every single episode? This The rumoured title for this episode was called The Baby Cake Crying Sound is Coming to Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? Uh, questions, answers. Uh, I guess, what are the rules? What are the rules? Uh, why did Ben wake up in the desert? Why did Ben wake up? Because he wasn't tired anymore. Uh, okay, so hang on a minute. Let me focus on the job at hand here, Benjamin. Um, what are the rules? Why did Ben wake up in the desert? Uh, dessert, that would be awkward. Um, how did Ben get to 2005? Oh, I guess that's kind of covered in the desert one. Been in the desert with the Hothman, no name. Um, <laughs> can can I please write the baby cake crying sound? Just going down. I'm writing it. I don't care. I don't need your permission. I'll do what I want. <laughs> uh, cool. Is that that's it? it. That's it. All right. So, what are we doing with this episode? Um. Uh. Well, of course I'm buying it. Um, It's not going to be above the constant, but I feel like we talked the episode up, but I feel like we didn't talk it up as much as it deserves. I would say this will be in the top 30 episodes of Lost when it's all said and done. Like, not just for the iconic moment, but just the the pacing, go, 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 and the flash-forward... I remember clearly watching it the first time. There's just so many great moments. The the shootout and the smoke monster and the death and the desert stuff. Uh, the stuff with Saeed. The ending scene. Uh, we've definitely got our our number one for our top five. And you suggested another one which may may or may not sneak in. Uh, Michael Emerson is just shows why he's boss again. Emily Duraff shows why she's... She's not blown up. <laughs> uh, yeah, rest in peace, Alex and uh, Jerome and a woman and Doug. Um, <laughs> it's just go, go, go. And The Shape of Things to Come is such an apt title because from this point onwards, it is pretty much go, go, go with this show. Um, yeah, I, I would say other than Constant, this is season four at its very best as well as the finale Um only positive things to say about the shape of things to come. It was a joy to rewatch, and I'll rewatch it many times in the future. Great episode. A joy to rewatch. <laughs> oh, Noah, Mr. Groves. Um, I don't want to call you Mr. Groves. I was thinking of Skyfall there. For, <laughs> who says this is my first time? Um, 
Just you okay? No, I'm not. <laughs> the, the baby Ben's uh, crying. <laughs> so is coming to know. <laughs> just not okay, all right? Like, just no. I've just I've lost uh, the plot. At least you're admitting. It's finally happened. Uh, it's, it's all happening because I have to read a book soon. It's like my mind doesn't know how to cope. Um, yeah. Uh, I'm buying it. Just in case you wanted to know. So... Yeah, I agree with everything you said. It's a great episode. Um, and, um, yeah, I think, like, it's... Uh, I mean, it feels like we've barely even started this season. And, like, I realise it is the shorter season. Almost over. But, uh, I mean, yeah, we've only got, what, two more episodes till we get into the three-part finale. So, it's kind yeah. of... It's it's crazy. I mean, like, I, I, I appreciate that, though, in some weird way. Because it's kind of like... You know, it's it's good to have a pretty concise season that feels complete. You know, like you, we don't have so many filler tattoo episodes and shit like that. So, um, you know, you don't you don't need like I, that's uh, that's a reason why I think Breaking Bad was so good because it you know it didn't have fifty eight episode seasons. You know, it's kind of just quick, concise, and it it worked. So, um, I have ranked this because I know you asked me that question, Noah Grows, and want to know. The answer for that one, um, I have ranked it in the position of uh, 26 mm. out of nine, 81. So it is um, above Trisha Tanaka is dead and below Outlaws. It's a better episode than Outlaws. Well, not according to Ben Waterworth, isn't So, bite my well, bumhole. Ben Waterworth made a mistake. Not the first time I've heard that. Um, <laughs> so, next week, something nice back home. Mm-hmm. Um, not not a fan or the Jack episode, so... Uh, well, you know, we had the constant, such a, such a high, and then we came into the other woman. Um... And then we've had the shape of things to come, such a high. Now we're going to the episode where Jack gets appendicitis. <laughs> That's all I've got to say. Got his tattoos. <laughs> and now he gets appendicitis. Next week, Jack gets his first period. Um, <laughs> why not? Um, but that'll be back next week. So uh, tune in, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, subscribe, all the relevant channels, and stay tuned. Because we've got plenty more to come. The shape of things to come here on our Lost Recap series. My name is Ben and the baby cake crying sound is coming to Aaron. <laughs> and my name is Noran. Steer clear of any polar bears you might see in the desert. Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net.